And then when the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that he had, done, had heard and seen as it was told them. And now when eight, eight days were come, uh, complete for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And now when the days of uh, purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who opens uh, the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer sacrifices according to what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And so I want, I'm going to read the remainder of this in a moment, but I want to stop here for a moment and uh, make a couple of observations. We know that Jesus was more than likely not born in December. We know that uh, shepherds don't attend the flock and stay in the field in the winter season. So it was probably more in the fall, uh, maybe uh, August, September, uh, when the, the shepherds were still in the fields. But it does not negate the fact that Jesus was born, that Jesus came to the earth, that the promise was uh, delivered and was, came to the earth for us. Then we look and we notice here that, that the shepherds were glorifying God. They were rejoicing. I, I believe that any time that a person finds Jesus, there's going to be rejoicing. Anytime that the people come to Christ and come to know him, there is going to be a celebration and a rejoicing in your heart because old things are going to pass away and all, old th all things are going to become new. We are new creation. I talked about it last week. God didn't come to tweak us. He came to change us. He didn't come to readjust us or he didn't come to readjust the law. He came to fulfill the law so that we would not have to live under the bondage of the law any longer. Is anybody thankful for that? Whenever Jesus came, he came to deliver us from sin, sickness, disease, and the devil. And whenever we see that promise that God has given us, he has redeemed us and fulfilled all of the old covenant. And I said to you that the only thing that is left of sacrifice today is that of a sacrifice of praise. Amen. God wants his people to praise him. He, is, he doesn't want to have to make us praise him right? He's got angels in heaven today that, that don't have any other choice but to praise him. The 12 and 24 elders are around the throne of God and, and, and there is no time in heaven, but if we could look at it in time for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, angels are around the throne crying, holy, 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 Lord God almighty, which was, which is, and which is to come right? And so he's not looking for somebody else that just has to praise him. He created us as free moral agents in which we can choose whether or not we're going to praise him. We choose if our lives are going to exemplify and glorify him in the earth. And so he desires for that. 
But the second thing, the next thing that I want to notice is not only do you praise him whenever you come to know him, but I want you to see the emphasis that is put here on the law. Because when Jesus came, he came legally, right? He came legally. He, he, could have, he could have, many were looking for him to come uh, as a king. Many of them looked for him to come in royalty, but he came as a babe, wrapped in swaddling clothes. Why? Because of the delegated authority that God gave man in the earth. And so if he came as God, then he would not have legal authority in the earth to do what needed to be done. But whenever he walked into Mary's uh, dressing a room and came out of that dressing room, Emmanuel, God with us in the flesh, now he took on the form of flesh. He reduced himself to the lowest common denominator and he came out, Emmanuel, man, the man child, God with us, right? So now he's walking in the earth as man so that he has delegated authority in the earth and he declares to you and I who we are in Christ Jesus. But the, what I want you to notice is here that he did everything legally and we're still under the law at this point. So he is circumcised according to the law. He is eight days like it was according to the law of Moses. He did everything that was legally uh, that we, he should do to keep the laws and the customs of the day. And so it brings us to this place that he's uh, after this, that in verse 25, there is something uh, here that I want you to see because we're talking about the fulfillment of the law. And now we are no longer under the law, but we are in grace, right? And I want to show you that here in the, the, in the story of Jesus' birth. So, so walk with me here. All right. And behold, verse 25, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was si uh, si Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the constellation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he had not seen death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Verse 27, so he came by the Spirit into the temple and when he, the parents brought the child, speaking of Jesus, to uh, do for him according to the customs of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you have uh, you are letting your servant depart in peace. In other words, he said, I've seen the promise with my eyes. He said, I couldn't die till now because I had a promise that I wouldn't die until I seen the Messiah. And he was convinced that this child was the Messiah, right? And he said, so now I can die. Amen. He says, according to your word, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. Notice this. He says, this is the reason Jesus came. He said, you're going to be a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and glory to the people of Israel. 
And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And when Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, your mother, behold, this child is uh, destined for a fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against, he will be, will be spoken against. And yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed, right? He says there's a revelation coming in Jesus that is going to bring the Gentiles in and is going to liberate his own people, right? This is why Jesus came. He, he was coming to make a shift. And so Simeon looks and he says, my eyes have seen the promise. I've got what you said that I was going to get. I have seen the Messiah come. Jesus is born into the earth. The Savior has come. And so now let me depart in peace, right? Simeon was waiting on the consolation of Israel. It was in the season of the Roman occupation and extreme uh, taxation. But the promise of God in his heart was stronger than death itself. He could not die because he had a promise. That's the reason why I often say that if you're in a bad place, you can't die where you are. <laughs> because if the promise of God hasn't come to pass yet, then you can hold on to the promise of God. It's greater than death. And so he, he speaks here and he says it's stronger than death. He was promised that he would not taste of death until he seen the Lord's Christ. What I want to say to you this morning is this, is just like Simeon, don't give up on the promise of God. There's a Kairos moment that can come upon you and, and, and everything can turn on a dime. It may look like it's so far-fetched at the moment, but in the work of God and how that God operates, he, doesn't, he does everything and in eternity and it comes to pass in time. And in the fullness of time, he does everything. And so today, the fullness of time in your life and your promise, it may look like that it's gone. It may look like it'll never happen. But I promise you this morning that it, God will be uh, watch over his word and he will hasten to perform it. Amen. The moment that he held the promise in his arms, the scripture says that he said, I can depart in peace now. Right? Now, watch this. I want you to see something here. In verse uh, 36, there's this abrupt shift that goes from Simeon and now starts talking in verse 36 about Anna. Verse 36, now there was one Anna, the prophetess. Anna in the Greek, Hannah in Hebrew. The same name. But she's a prophetess, the daughter of uh, Philel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow for, of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple but served God with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of 
him to all who, who looked for redemption of Jerusalem. Amen. This is what she did. Now, I want to point this out to you and because I, I, I've just got uh, 10 minutes left. But I want you to notice that Simeon represents the old covenant. He was born under the law. But now there is another that comes and he speaks of Jesus that is to come. They are looking for him to come. Anna is a name that when you look up the meaning of the word Anna, it means grace. It means favor. And so whenever Simeon says that, that the promise has come, and instantly when he recognizes the promise has come, Anna steps on the scene to start talking. And her job and her assignment is to point everyone that is looking for salvation to this new Savior, this Redeemer, this Christ, this Lord. That's what grace does. Amen. That's what, that's what the work of Jesus does, the finished work of Calvary. And so we can go and we can see that Anna's name means grace. Grace always shows up in an instant when Jesus comes uh, on the scene. Whenever Jesus is there, there's grace there. Grace is more than a message uh, uh, to one person. But it is something that we must embrace in this season and understand that grace has been born so that you and I can have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. Because you see, grace has come. Are you anybody here today thankful for grace? Because if it had not been for his grace, none of us would have been able to make it under the law. The law is too heavy. The law is too much for anybody to bear. Even the writer of the law could not enter into the promise with it. He could not keep it. But I want you to know today that, that the law has been uh, fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And there has been a new and a better covenant. Hallelujah. And that new and better covenant came on this day that we are representing or recognizing today the very moment that Jesus was born there was a new covenant that came into the earth where that we can know the grace of God and not the the law of God amen the, the commandments of Moses and it would just keep on growing and I said to you last week and I'll, I'll be real quick but I said to you last week that Jesus didn't come to make it, the law easier he came to make it harder because he came to for the law to understand that we the need that we had for Jesus that nobody could make it on our own that he would say that in the law that if if a man uh, was to go and, and to uh, to have a relationship out of wedlock with a, a woman that he had committed adultery but Jesus comes and says if you look upon a woman he made it so difficult and so hard to make sure that we understood we couldn't make it on our own one millisecond. 
But if it had not been for the Lord on our side, if it had not been for Jesus coming, we would have all been down and suicidal. But thank God today I can give a reason for my joy. I can give a reason. It's not because of the stock market. It's not because I've done good this week. It's not because I've done okay this week. It's because of Jesus and him alone, the finished work of Calvary, that I can have joy in my heart and it's not about the circumstances that is around me it's about the promise that is within me and the promise that is within me is that Jesus has given me a future and a hope glory to God and that hope today is to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord but while I am here I can rejoice I don't have to wait to get to heaven to enjoy life. I can enjoy it here and now because Jesus came. Amen. And he was born and he came to give us blessed hope and life. And, and we know today that you can't talk about grace was born, but you can't talk about his birth without talking about his death. I was thinking about it this week, and I just, I, I, I'm not going to say a matter of factly, but it could be that Jesus was the first person born to die. Man was never created to die, man was created to live forever. It wasn't until sin came into the earth that man began to die right and so it could be possible that Jesus was the first man sent into the earth to die because he 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 answered the assignment of heaven for for because mankind had been kidnapped right and the hostage price was too great he sent Adam and Adam messed it up and so that's the reason Jesus is known as the last Adam. He's not known as the first or the second Adam. He's not known as another Adam. He's known as the last Adam because he, God the Father knew there would not be a need for another. That he sent Jesus into the earth, the, the last Adam, and this last Adam was able to overcome everything the first Adam could not overcome. In fact, everything that the first Adam messed up, Jesus set it right when he came. And we don't have time to preach that this morning, but what I want you to know is that he came into the earth to die, right? And so we talk about his birth, but yet we have to talk about his death because he came to die because of mankind had been taken hostage and now the only price that would pay for the ransom price would be the blood of pure blood. The sheeps and goats and turtle doves would only be a covering. But there was only one who had spotless blood. There was only one who had the power to redeem mankind because he was the only one that was sinless. Amen. But oh, how he came. He came with joy. He came with purpose. He came and he, he came to the earth and he would live a life for 33 and a half years. He would live a perfect life. He would live a sinless life. He would live a life that exemplified the Father. And then he would take up and he would bear the cross of sin. He took your sin. He took my sin. Every sickness, infirmity, and disease ever known 
known or ever will be known. The Bible said it was upon him. He carried it to the cross that day and he bore it and he took it to the cross and he hung there. He hung until the sun wouldn't shine. The centurion repented and the veil was rent in the temple. But on that third, they put him in the tomb. But on the third day, he gets up and says, oh, death, where is your victory? And oh, grave, where is your sting? He is once was dead, is now alive, and he's alive forevermore. Glory to God. The reality, my brothers and sisters, is death could not hold him. The grave could not stop him. And neither can anything else. There's all kinds of things that are anti-today against God. But there is nothing that will ever stop the blood of Jesus. There's nothing that will ever stop the name of Jesus. You can put in the White House who you want to. You can do whatever you want to politically. You can do whatever you want to with the economy. But there is no other name in heaven or in earth where my men must be saved and it will call upon that name today he will show us grace it doesn't matter how sinful you've been it doesn't matter how wrong you've been thank God for the graces of God the mercies of God that are new every morning that'll say if you'll call upon my name I'll forgive you of your sin and that means it's like it never happened amen I'm thankful today for Christmas. I said, I'm thankful for Christmas because it brought us to Calvary. And when it brought us to Calvary, it brought us joy of knowing Jesus. If you haven't accepted Jesus today as your personal Savior, it's easy to do that. The Bible said that you come to him with a godly sorrow, meaning that, that you are sorry for your sins. You believe that Jesus Christ, that he died, he buried, and he rose again for your sins, and that he is the Son of God. And if you will confess that with your mouth and believe it in your heart, that Jesus rose from the grave, the Bible says that you've begun your new journey. You've begun the journey of this new covenant of Christmas. It's the reason that Jesus came. Amen? And so I pray today that if you haven't, that you'll make that commitment today. If you've grown cold and indifferent in that relationship, maybe at one time you did and you're drawn cold in that relationship with him, but today, remember what he did for you and call on his name afresh and anew. Today I want to remember the Lord, what Jesus did for us at Calvary. And so if you haven't received a cup, if anybody has not received communion, ushers are waiting to help you out. Just raise your hand if you haven't received communion. Cup.